In the name of Jesus, amen. If you know the show, you can imagine uh, an episode of Friends, a scene from one of the episodes anyway, uh, Rachel bursting into Joey's apartment in order to, to yell at him because he is, quote, teaching a friend of hers to be too much of a ladies' man. Uh, only to have Joey respond to saying, oh, you can't teach that kind of thing. I've tried with Chandler. The joke, the sitcom, and why the laugh track goes is because Chandler is standing right there the whole time. In fact, he bursts in and says, uh, can't you people see me? You know, sitcoms is kind of a, a common trope. Two people talking about a third person as if he or she is not there when she actually is there so that she jumps in and says, uh, can't you see that I'm standing right here? It's kind of a, a double insult if you think about it. The disparaging digs that Joey and Rachel are making towards Chandler, that's bad enough, questioning his masculinity or something like that. But maybe worse is the fact that they don't even care if he cares, that they've completely ignored him and acted like he, he wasn't there. Well, it's funny. In the, in the sitcom world, gets lots of laughs. Chandler flailing his arms in that episode as Rachel and Joey go on about him as if he's not there. Uh, but not nearly so entertaining in the real world, especially if you're on the Chandler end of things. I can't remember a specific instance when I was on the, the Chandler end of things, but I probably have been. And more likely, probably and sadly, have been on the Rachel and Joey side of things, uh, talking about someone as if they are not there when they, in fact, are. In our gospel lesson for this fourth Sunday in Lent, we get one such conversation. Uh, or perhaps it's better to say we get the start of one. As Jesus passed by, he saw a blind man from birth a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? A man. As alive as the disciple James, as full of feelings as Peter. If you prick him, he bleeds. Tickle him, he laughs. Blind, yeah, but with fully functioning ears. But a man, that's not what the disciples see. Blind to him. They talk about him. At best, what they see is a, a nice diversion, an occasion for debate. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, now, you might think, I, I guess, that this is the point in the sitcom where the man would jump in, arms failing. You do realize I'm standing right here, don't you? But it's probably closer to the truth to say this guy is so used, so used to getting ignored he doesn't even notice anymore. Let's pause here a second and ask a question. Ask where a question like this comes from. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I suppose on one level, it's just plain self-centeredness, good old-fashioned cold-heartedness to ignore the man, something uh, we are all pretty familiar with from both the giving and receiving end of things. 
so wrapped up in our little worlds, curved in on ourselves, socially distanced long before we had to be, how many people do we just not see at all? But it's deeper than that, isn't it? Who sinned, Jesus? Who's to blame for this man's blindness? Is it him or his parents? In other words, Jesus, explain this one to us. Give us the skinny. But here's something we can't explain on our own, and we do not like that. Frankly, Lord, this kind of thing, that it happens at all, that this kind of thing happens at all, makes us a little nervous. So could you kindly step in and tie this all up in a nice little box for us? Who did this, Jesus? You hear the fear in that? The insecurity? It's just got to be either the man or his parents. Because if neither of those things explain it, well, well, then are you telling me that's all just kind of a crapshoot? And something like that or worse just happens? Could happen to, to any kid, to my kid? And so the blame game. Who sinned? Who's at fault? Because weird stuff I cannot explain scares the heck out of me. Because knowing who's at fault, especially when it's not me, <laughs> when weird stuff happens, knowing who's at fault, loose ends all tied up, having someone to blame, makes me a little less scared. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, full stop. But that the works of God might be displayed in him, we must work the works of him who sent me. I mentioned before how this guy, his ears work just fine. And for my money, those words from Jesus right there might have been the most beautiful words he'd ever heard, or at least overheard. Jesus, to that question, enough of you scared little babies blame game. Open your eyes. We got work to do. God's got to shine and shine right here and right now. He's going to shine through him. I bet that's the first time that blind man had smiled in a long time. Finally, someone seeing him. Not seeing some blind guy to talk about, but actually seeing him. It reminds me of some scenes from that Cher movie uh, back in the 1980s, A Mask. You might know it. Uh, it's a story, I think based on a true story, about a young man named Rocky who uh, was born with a disease that gave him a, a severely deformed face. So deformed that it's pretty much all anyone saw when they looked at him. And to boot, they often figured his mom's wild living, she hung out with bikers, was to blame for causing it. But that's all they saw when they looked at him until, until Rocky goes to summer camp one year and meets this girl, a blind girl, who absolutely falls in love with him and he with her because she, ironically, because she's blind, because she actually sees him instead of the disease. It's the happiest Rocky is in his whole life. Or if you need another image, think of the, the chubby 50-year-old who gets a, a four-chair turn on the voice. 
He, he, he and not his age and chubbiness get seen precisely because the judges have their back to him and he could not be happier. They finally seen me. So I'm guessing this guy experienced. The first word to chapter 9 is, as he passed by, Jesus saw him. Finally, finally saw him. Jesus loved him. Jesus healed him. And well, that's enough for him. The story is pretty funny. I kind of only read an abbreviated version of John chapter 9. You can read the whole thing. But all the folks are trying to desperately figure out who's at fault. Was he really blind? He's blind from birth. The Pharisees, they're looking for a box to put this all in. He's a sinner. He's not a sinner. Should we keep him in or toss him out? Was this God or the devil? Can we, can we wring some sort of answer out of his parents maybe? But the man, all I know, I was blind. Now I see. They keep pushing them. Again, it's almost humorous. Who, where, how, when, explain. Man just keeps saying, I was blind, but now I see. I was looked over, but now I'm looked upon. I was garbage, but now I'm graced. Good luck finding a blame box to put it all in. Beats me. All I know is that I was trash, but now I am treasure. Who sinned? Who's at fault? There's so many ways, so many things about which to ask those questions, to have those questions asked of us. And and yeah, once in a while they're appropriate, but a whole lot of times they're my finger pointing to keep from having the finger pointed. Or deeper, they're a thin disguise for trying to get a handle on things that scare the heck out of us precisely because they don't seem to have any handles at all. Again, plenty of examples you can probably think of. The one that that comes most readily to mind, probably because it doesn't even have to come to mind, it kind of seems like it's the only thing that has been on a lot of people's minds already. The ongoing pandemic, which is scary. Now, there are, of course, much, much scarier things, but that pandemic, it's scary enough. And the pandemic is surrounded by a lot of questions that no one really seems to have a complete handle on. Which means, depending on how all this goes, we can expect from many corners. Because when scary things happen that people don't have handles on, we can expect from many corners a lot of fear-based blaming. In the coming weeks and months. Who did enough? Or not enough? Or quickly enough? Or not quickly enough? Who properly quarantined? Which neighbors of yours really took the social distancing thing as seriously as they should have? Or maybe too seriously? And all that in many and various ways. In many corners. I expect that to happen. But I do not expect it to happen in your corner. I pray it won't. I do not expect it to. And why? Because once upon a time, as Jesus was passing by, he looked and saw you. You. He saw a broken, scared, blind sinner, and he opened your eyes. He opened your eyes to a love that shines brighter than the sun. Instead of spitty mud on your face, it was baptismal water on your head, water and a promise of Almighty God. Child, no more looked over, you are looked upon. 
Garbage never, for in Jesus you have been graced. Not trash, you are treasured. Blind. But now you see. And what you see is Jesus. You see Jesus for you. And you see Jesus with you. And more, when you see Jesus like that, you don't have to see everything else. You don't have to understand everything else. You might even utter a faith-filled beats me. You can sleep well, even when the ends hang plenty loose. Certainly don't have to worry about who's to blame. Not even during the pandemic. You know, I used that word three or four times kind of purposely uh, in, the, in the previous paragraph, maybe so you'd get sick of it. For a while, I got to tell you, I was frankly sick of the word pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. My own fault for all the news binging I do. But instead of hating that word, I have grown to love it. Pandemic. Oh, it just rings off the tongue. Pandemic. The reason I love it is because the Holy Spirit and first-year Greek reminded me of something. Pandemic. From pan, meaning all. Demos, meaning people. Little and Scott's intermediate lexicon of the Greek language. Pandemos, from which our word pandemic comes. Means of or belonging to all the people. You know what that sounds like? Or better, who that sounds like? Of or belonging to all the people? That's not a virus. That's Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate pandemic of the same flesh as all the people, gave himself for all the people, and so belonging to all the people, not blaming, condemning, but dying pandemically, Jesus does for you, for all the people. You see what I did there? I took a scary word, I bejesused it, <laughs> and made it into a gospel word. Like all the unknowns. Why is that guy blind? Why'd that happen? Like all the unknowns, yeah, a pandemic like a virus can easily gen up a pandemic of fear and blame and selfish selfishness. But for you, for those looked upon instead of looked over, for the graced garbage, the treasured trash, and the besighted blind, every time the world shouts pandemic, we'll say, there they go talking about Jesus again. We'll say, world, we'll see your pandemic of fear and raise you a pandemic of faith. Devil, the baptized, see your pandemic of blame and raise you a pandemic of mercy. Old sinful flesh, flesh I see your viral or careful, cancerful or painful pandemic and raise you the pandemic of Jesus, full of grace and truth and life. For I was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see, and what I see, what you see, may all the world see, is Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.